Father, we honor you this morning. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for sparing us, Lord. Thank you for engracing us. Thank you for the strength you gave us today. Thank you for the ability to wake up. The grace to open our mouths. The ability to lift our voices to sing and to praise you. Thank you for all that you have done for us. We stand before your presence with our hearts full of gratitude. We say thank you, Heavenly Father. David said, I laid myself to sleep. I awoke because the Lord sustained me. Thank you for your sustenance. And thank you for the blessing to be in your presence. We ask that, Lord, let every light be touched. Let every light be blessed. Cause us to leave this place with a touch from heaven. In the name of Jesus. I decree you are living here with the touch of God upon your life in the name of Jesus. Speak to us, Lord, this morning. And let your name be glorified of our lives. Let your word have a free cause in our lives. And do your own thing. In Jesus' marvelous name. Amen. Can we give a big, big, big clap of to the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. And tell us, I'm happy to see this morning. I believe your life will never be the same. Hallelujah. What a great blessing. What a great joy. Hallelujah. I want to welcome all of you into the presence of the Lord. And I believe the Lord has been good to all of us. Amen. The grace even to be here is a great blessing. It's a great grace. Amen. I believe this morning the Lord will touch somebody's life. You live with a touch from heaven. In Jesus' name. For thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. Nobody comes before the presence of the Lord and ever leaves the same. Now, if you came as casual, I mean, as a normal thing we do, it's Sunday, I'm in church, I have come and I'll go as I came. You leave the same. But if you are here with expectation that I'm here because of God and I'm not living the same, you receive a touch before you leave here. For thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence there is fullness of joy. So anyone who comes before his presence, I mean, some hundred talks about it. Said, Let's enter his gate with thanksgiving and into his court with what? With praise. So you come with, you package yourself before coming. And before you leave, you receive a touch from him. I see somebody receiving a touch from heaven this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me tell the person that you are not living the same. Hallelujah. Luke chapter number 18. I'm supposed to preach this morning, according to the schedule, to preach on the power of praying in tongues. But uh, as I was going through, the Lord laid upon my heart to still look at some few things on the importance of prayer. So I'm sharing with you the importance of prayer part three. Then he spoke a parable to them. This is Jesus speaking. That men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men, whether a male, a female, whether a child or a boy or girl, whoever, always, always ought to, it's a must, to pray and not lose heart. So you don't pray to a certain point and you declare that I am tired of praying. Men always, and this was said by Jesus himself. Hallelujah. According to the scripture, I mean this particular scripture, prayer is not a choice. It's a necessity for your survival as a Christian. It's not something you choose to do. It is something that you must, you must. If it's a must, it's a must. I mean like brushing your teeth is a must. 
I mean, I don't know, but I don't know. I don't think there's anybody here who chooses to say today I'll brush my teeth, tomorrow I'll not brush, or you choose to bath or I will not bath. Hey, I met somebody somewhere, and the person has not bathed for three days. No, I'm telling you. And the interesting part of it is that the person was a woman. Yeah. Prayer is not like a bath that you can choose to bath or choose not to. At least it's men who are known to not to be bathing. But when a woman decides not to bath, that means that there is a, there is a problem. Hallelujah. So prayer is a must. It's, a, it's not a choice. And prayer should not be because we are in need or you are desperate for something before you pray. Prayer, we don't pray because we are in need. We don't pray because we are looking for something. Prayer should be more seen as building a relationship with your father. Like a father, I mean a, a son or a daughter talking to the father. That's how prayer should be. Building more of a relationship with your creator and the one who owns you. And prayer is more deeper than making a request. One interesting thing about prayer is that it draws us nearer and closer to God. Prayer helps us to know God better. Prayer, that's what prayer does. You see, there are deep things about prayer that even we can't even teach. There are deep things. And listen to what Jesus said. Men always ought to. It's something that you must... It's, I mean, I said, use bathing, you brushing, you look at eating. It's a, it's a necessity for your survival. Now, let me give you an example. If you decide not to bow for even from one day, you will see how your body will smell. Because it's a must. Because if you don't do it, something is not normal. Something goes wrong. One day I bath and I, I just right, right from the bathroom see you, I used towel to clean myself. After wiping the water, I put my hand here. Just about five minutes. And I still saw death here. Even after I bath. If you don't bath for some time, you, you, can, you, you, you are not comfortable. There are things that are necessity. There are, they are not choices. They are not choices. The same as prayer is a ought to. It's a must. It's not something you choose. It's not something when you feel like. It's not something when you, you, you are in the mood. No! Whether you are in the mood or not, you have to. to you have to. Because it is necessary for your survival as a Christian. If you don't bath and you are comfortable, it means that there is something wrong with you. If you don't brush your teeth, you can meet people and talk. And you don't care about how people feel. There's a problem with you. If you don't pray as a child of God and it's normal for you, then let me tell you, there is something seriously wrong somewhere. And let me tell you, you, you are setting, if, if, if you are, let me put it this way, if you are prayerless, you are setting the stage for your failure tomorrow. Men ought to, men must, men have to pray without ceasing and fail it not. Because, you see, because sometimes, sometimes at the point of prayer, sometimes it's like you are losing heart. It's like you're praying about something, you're not seeing the results of it. It's like you're praying and you don't see what you want to see. But Jesus said, even if you don't see it, don't lose heart in praying. Do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. Men ought to, without losing heart. Prayer imparts your spirit, imparts your soul, and even imparts your body as well. Glory to God. Nobody has an excuse. No matter how tight your schedules, no matter how busy your schedules may be, you still have to make time to pray. Hallelujah. You'll be always be disadvantaged if you don't make time to pray. If you are not committed to prayer, please, you are going to be disadvantaged. 
And prayer is not limited to age. Whether you are 10 years, whether you are 5 years, no matter your age, you can still stand to pray. I remember in those times at Kumasi and Akosa Park, when we were very young, about 12, 13 years, we would stand at Akosa Park praying. And you see young people, sometimes 6 years, 7 years, 8 years, on the park doing all night. Hey! Young people! It's not limited to age. Everybody can pray. Let the grace to pray come upon us this morning once again in the name of Jesus. Now, it is said that the average Christian does not even pray more than two minutes a day. Only few people spend time to pray. Let's use our lives as an example. I mean, you, you wake up in the morning. The first thing you do, Father, thank you for this morning, for your protection. Thank you. I commit the day unto you in Jesus' name. Let the day be blessed in Jesus' name. That's all your prayer. How many minutes will be that? Less than 30 seconds. Okay, let's time ourselves. Somebody should time me. I want you to know the number of times we used to pray. Father, we thank you. I thank you this morning for your protection, your guidance. Thank you for the day. As I go out, be with me. Be every, with everyone. Any food I meet on the way, let me eat and eat it well. To your glory and to your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many? This is 30 seconds. We will not pray again until in the evening when we are come to sleep. When you are tired, you lie down. Even sometimes when you open your mouth, Father, let me lie down small before I pray. By the time you realize, it's in the morning. So mostly, most Christians don't spend time to pray and it's affecting us, but we don't see it. May God help all of us. Prayer matters so much in a sense that in our lives that God even encourages and demands his servants like pastors and leaders to pray for the people. Apart from even you praying for us, one of my responsibilities, one of the responsibilities of every pastor here, leader here, is to pray for you. First Samuel chapter number 12. 20 through 23. Please hurry up. Now, then Samuel said to the people, do not fear. You have done all this wickedness. Talk, talk to the Jews, the Israelites. So you, have, you have committed a great sin. You have committed a great error. Wickedness. Yet, do not turn away from the law. Encouraging them. But, and this is one of the responsibilities of leaders. No matter how people fall, no matter how people make mistakes, we still have to encourage them to get more close. Because listen to me, when you leave God, where else do you have? There's nowhere you have to go. Apart from the encouragement, what else do we have? Yet do not turn away from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Row. And do not turn aside, for then you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. There's nothing out there. Listen to me. Apart from God, there is nothing out there. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. I want all of us to read verse 23 together. I want to go. Verse 23. Please row. Let's go. Moreover, as for me, me the pastor, me the man of God, far be it from me that I should still sin against the Lord in season to do what? To pray for you. So any pastor who doesn't pray for his people, it's a sin. Because it's a demand on you. Apart from you praying for yourself, I want you to know the value of prayer. Any leader who doesn't pray for the people, the Bible calls it a sin. And God wants you to know that prayer is so important and relevant in your life that you don't even pray alone. I've even asked my servant to also to pray for you. What a great blessing. I just want you to know the value of prayer. How God demands his servants even to pray for you. And the prophet Samuel said, he said, no matter your weakness, no matter your fault, no matter what you have done, I will still pray for you. It won't change my mind about what what I'm supposed to do, I mean, for you. Glory to God. That makes you a leader. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Look at Philippians chapter number one. What Paul also said about prayer to the, Phili- uh, the Philippian church. Now, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Whenever I remember the church in Philippi, I remember you. I remember church members. I remember everybody. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with joy. Always praying. Verse 5. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. When I saw that you have given your life to Christ, you are part of the church. You became part of my prayer. Because God has asked me to be praying for you. For your establishment. For your well-being. For the attacks of the enemy to be frustrated. Hallelujah. Prayer. Please listen to me. Prayer is very vital in your life. Please help me tell the person, you must pray. Don't joke with prayer. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. You'll be very disadvantaged if you don't stand to pray as a child of God. It's just a matter of time. Why is prayer so important? Among many other things, but as I spoke about some of them last Sunday as well, among many other things, number one, prayer opens you up to your inheritance in Christ. There are a lot of blessings in God. When you accept Christ, there are a lot of blessings. Apart from salvation, when you are saved, there are deep blessings that God has for you. But these are not blessings that are physical that you can go and pick. That when you give your life to Christ, there is a car for you to go and pick. When you give your life to Christ, there is a house to go and pick. When you give your life, there is a healing to go and pick. No, no, no. Your physical eyes cannot see them. Look, give me Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ every blessing that you need to live a fulfilled life God has given to you you are, listen to me you are not going to be blessed you are already blessed blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has done what who is about to bless us who will bless us who has blessed who has blessed us so it is something that God has already given to you. But they are in the heavenly realms. And unless your eyes see them, what your eyes cannot see, you cannot have. The Lord said to Abraham, said, as far as your eyes can see, I will give you the promise. So there are deep blessings in God. But through prayer, God opens your up. God opens your eyes. God opens your spirit to them to access to know what belongs to you. You will never know if you don't pray. Go with me to the same Ephesians. Go to chapter 15, verse 15. Let's read through 19. Listen to what it says. Therefore, I also, and I want everybody to look at this scripture carefully. After I heard of your faith in the Lord, talking about the church, talking about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, hmm, I do not cease to give, I don't stop giving thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. Lord, I pray for Christ Jubilee members. Those at Clagon, in all the branches, bless them. Open their eyes. Open doors for them. Meet them at the, I, I don't cease in mentioning you. Sometimes mention you by name. What was the prayer that Paul was praying for the Ephesians? Look at what he says. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. 
Listen to me. That's what you call house wisdom. That's what you call God's wisdom. That's what you call the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is a, the word wisdom means that wisdom simply means the ability to know what to do. And it says that I pray for you that you, God will open you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom so that in your life you will know the right decisions to take, the right moves to make, the right step to take, the right place to sit, where not to sit. It takes the wisdom of God to know the steps to take, I'm telling you. If you're going to use your human wisdom, you can never go far. Paul said, I pray for you that you receive the spirit of wisdom so that you can make the right decisions. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Not only that, nobody has ever seen God before. But unless God gives you revelation about him, you cannot really know God very well. I'm telling you, I've seen pastors who are backslided. The father you preach doesn't mean that you know God. No. The father you prophesy doesn't mean you know God. There are deep. Everybody say God is deep. I'm telling you. You must go, God must review, you must get to a point to know God. That's where Paul said, what will separate me from this? You see, get to a point to know that no matter what you go through, God is still... I know Christians who have tend to become Muslims. When we're at the, the Biaba, I told you this story before. I just, a lady joined us for about six months. I was not seeing her. I said, where are you? She was not coming. The day I met her, she was wearing my afi. I said, why? Because of I was coming for marriage, I didn't see any man in the church. Left the church and go to marry a Muslim. God must be revealed to you. You must know God in such a way that nobody will convince you that God is there. You must know something about God that nobody can tell you God doesn't exist. People travel from... I'm tell, I, I, I was in Paris where I was going to church in the afternoon. The, the service was in the afternoon. And we met a man on the way. He asked us, hey, now I'm going to the moment he realized that we're Ghanaians. Where are you going? He said, we are going to church. Said, oh, also at Paris for 20 years on He has lived in Paris for 20 years. They have never been to church. But he said, when I was in Ghana, I was on fire. People tend not to believe in God again. Ah. May God grant you revelations about him. May you be established in God. Sometimes people go through certain things and they think God doesn't exist. I told you the story. This is a true story. A pastor fasted for 40 days. 40 days. The last day he was breaking the fasting, his wife died. And listen to what he said. Sir, what kind of God are you that I will fast for 40 days and the next, the last day I know for miracles and all that, you make my wife to die. What kind of God are you? May God grant you revelations about him. That your circumstances doesn't determine who God is. God is still God. No matter what you go through, he is still God. He's true. He's faithful. Glory to God. Whether your marriage works or not, God is still God. Whether you do or you don't do what God is still God. No matter what happens to you, God is still God. Your revelation about God should not be connected to what you can get from God. Your revelation about God is no matter what you go through, whether pain, death or not, you will still serve God and you still know him and know him better. We know our God will be able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we know God to a certain point. Even if you kill us in the midst of death, we will still believe God. We are praying for one... We were praying for one woman, and uh, the woman said to me, Osofo, uh, you may know the woman I'm talking about, Marabeka. He said, Osofo, even if I die, I will still believe God. Even if God doesn't heal me and I die, ah, may you never leave God because you didn't get a job. 
May you never leave God because somebody, a man disappointed. What, what kind of life is that? May you never leave God because you are looking for traveling, but you couldn't travel. Can you compare traveling with God? Who is God to you? Are you limiting God to what you, the material things you are getting? If you don't get them, God is still no God. What do you mean by that? I pray that God will give you, he said, that he may reveal unto you the knowledge. Verse 17. May give you to the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. We need the, re, the, the revelation means that your eyes must be opened. You must know something about God where you are grounded. Revelation about God. The eyes of your understanding, not this physical eyes. This eye has another eye. There is an eye be, be behind this physical eye. There is a spiritual eye. It makes you to see what others can see with your physical eye. That the eyes of your understanding, this post prayer, prayer for the church, prayer. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened because you are not seeing well. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Unless, you see, when God calls you, he doesn't disgrace you. God doesn't call to disappoint. God calls you to hope. But if your eyes is not open, you think that God has not been good to you. It takes prayer for you to be enlightened to know who God is and what God has ordained for you. God has called you to hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. They are not evil, but they are good to bring you to a expected end. God knows that your end will be worse, but many of you don't even, even believe it. You think you are failing. You think you are disapp- you're being disappointed. You think your life is going backward. If, you, if your eyes are open, you will know that no matter what you are going through, God is taking you from one level to the other. Your life will not be disappointed. You will never be discouraged. You move on with God. Glory to God. If your, light, your eyes are enlightened, that's where you understand. All things work together for good to them. I love them. That you may know what is the hope of it. So that is a, God has called you to hope. What are the riches of the... Ayah. We have been called into riches. You are not poor. God must open your eyes to know that where you are coming from, your family background has no limitation over you. But your eyes must be open. Your eyes must be open. You think of where you are coming from. You think your family is poor. Your brother, your background is poor. You have nothing. And what happened to your father? What happened to you? What happened to your mother? No, 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 no. You are being called differently into the kingdom of God. Your eyes must be open, and it takes prayer. So the more you stand to pray, the more your spiritual eyes are open. When you pray, God gives you a revelation about who you are and what you have in Christ. So prayer opens you up to your inheritance in Christ. How many of you know that God has ordained healing for you? You are not supposed to be sick. Healing is for you. No, no, no. Sometimes you just know by the way. You just know by what somebody told you just by reading the Bible. No, no, no. But you must have a revelation. God must open your eyes to it. That even at the point of death, you think that God will still hear me. And God will show up. Glory to God. May you have a revelation through prayer in the name of Jesus. Help me tell the person, I see you having a revelation about your inheritance of riches in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. When you have this revelation, you never complain you are poor. Because you see what people don't see. When you are talking as if you own everything, people say, they don't know that you have seen something they have never seen. May you have a revelation about what God has for you. And it comes by prayer. So prayer gives you a revelation about your inheritance in Christ. Number two. What prayer? Prayer also secures your destiny 
in Christ. Please, people of God, listen to me. There is evil in this world. John 17, 15. Hurry up. John 17, 15. Then from there we'll go to Luke chapter 22. John 17, 15. I do not, this Jesus will, I do not pray that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. As far as you are in this world, there is an evil person in your life. There is evil. There is evil in this world. Show respect, O Lord, unto thy covenant, for the dark places of this earth are full of habitation of cruelty. Psalm 74 verse 20. There is wickedness. I mean, I don't need to explain this. But all of us know. Wicked. I'm talking about wickedness. Wicked. Wicked upon wicked. Have respect alone to the covenant. For the dark place of this earth are full of what? Habitation. Hands. Habitation of cruelty. Ah, yeah. Wickedness. Wickedness. Show respect alone to the covenant. Means the Lord protect. For the habitation of this earth are full of cruelty. Cruelty. Cruelty is different from slapping somebody. No, 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 no. You see, there are, there are dimensions of evil. 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 Like, like, like what this young, small boys did. And, 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 and it's a spirit that enters people to do that. How can young boys of 12 years take a, 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 a wood, kill another small boy, and have the, 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 the boldness to dig and bury the, the boy? 12 years. What kind of spirit has entered you? People of God, there is wickedness. I'm telling you, don't joke with this. And listen to what Jesus did. In Luke 22, the verse 31, Jesus' encounter with wickedness and with Peter. Luke 22, 31. And the Lord said, Jesus, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift. Do you understand the word sift? Sift means to separate by sieve. I think I, I, if you're a woman here, you know what a sieve, we, we, you, we all use sieve in the house to take something out of chaff or whatever it is. Sieve, if you want to separate, I mean, I hope you know sieve. And one is sieve now. The same sieve. He said, I've seen a Satan want to sieve you like wheat. It means Satan wants to separate you from me. He wants to separate you from anything good. He wants to separate you from whatever God has ordained for your life. But listen to what Jesus said in verse 32. But I have danced for you. I have jumped for you. I have sung for you. I have somersaulted for you. What have I done? So prayer has a way of delivering you from satanic attacks. Prayer has a way of delivering you from unforeseen attacks. I have seen. It's not today. I have seen. It's not tomorrow. I have seen. Not next month, but next year. That Satan has planned ahead of you to save you like with. But I have stand to pray. Prayer will frustrate the works of the enemy against your life and your destiny and all that concerns you. Oh, yeah, you have gone home. Please have a tell the person, pray, oh, pray, 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 pray. I said, look at the person, tell the person, pray, oh, pray, pray. 
Halleluja. He doesn't want you to do well in Christ. He wants you to backslide. This devil is against anything good in your life. He wants to kill you before your time. But I see God delivering you in the name of Jesus. I said, I see God delivering in the name of Jesus. So prayer has a way of silencing the activities of the devil in your life. It has a way of overturning every attack of the enemy in our lives. Hallelujah. The devil wants to save you from anything good, anything prosperous, anything good. But when you stand to pray, I see all your enemies bound before you. As you stand to pray, I see all the projections of the devil against your life, your family, your children. I see them being overturned in the name of Jesus. Every health challenge ahead of you, any trap, the enemy has set. I see as you stand to pray, I see them being overturned in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, give me some 56 verse 9. And I want all of us to read the scripture together. Want to go? When I cry out to you, it means when I stand to pray, then my enemies will do what? When will your enemies turn back? When you pray. All the things that are perceived in your life, in your dream, in all areas of your life, in your marriage, in your home, they are pouring, they are perceiving you. But when I cry for help, then my enemies will turn back. And this I will know that God is with me. If you don't stand to pray, you will never see that God is really aware and God can really work and can really change things for you. When you stand to pray, that's why you see God in action. Then I will know. Hmm. Are you fighting any battle? Are you going through any challenge in your life? In your home? In your career? In your health? In your business? Stand to pray. I said, stand to pray. I said, stand to pray. All the attacks of the enemy will be overturned in the name of Jesus Christ. When I cry to you, then my enemies will turn. I see all your enemies turning their backs to you. I said, I see all your enemies turning their backs toward you. This I know because God is for me. If you don't stand to pray, you might think that God is not there. And God is waiting for you to cry to him. I see a change coming on your way. I said, I see a change coming on your way. So one of the powerful blessings of prayer is that it secures your destiny in Christ. From all forms of demonic attacks. Hallelujah. May God help us. And I mean, I can give you countless... Uh, let me give you a recent one. Let me use the Ashama one as an example. Yeah. All kinds of attacks. We are trying to do something for God. We buy a land and you are fighting us on it and you, you decide to plant. Buying things and buying all kinds of... And not even once, not even twice. Not even three times. But listen to me. As you stand to pray, no matter what anybody has placed somewhere for you to step on, no matter the pit they have dug for you, no matter the trap they have set for you, I see you walking over them smoothly without any attack. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Nobody can judge you. No. Ah, are you here? You have gone home. No. Nobody. Because greater is it that is in you. But you, see, you need a revelation about all these things. Some, sometimes the least thing happens to you. Then your mind goes to somebody who's doing you something. Who can be, if God be for you. If God be, who can be, tell me who can be against you. Who, who. 
anybody without God is miserable, but you with God, ah, you are more than a conqueror. I see victory coming on your way in the name of Jesus. Anybody who seems like they have gotten the upper hand over your life, over certain situations, I see your God rising as a man in battle, bringing you victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. So prayer has a way of securing your destiny in Christ from all forms of attacks. Glory to God. Number five, I mean number three. Prayer brings supernatural helps and divine interventions. Let me tell you, there are things men can do for you. There are things you can also do yourself. But let me assure you, and let me tell you for a fact, your strength is limited. You see, the things in this world and the things that are working and all that, your physical strength cannot stand them. There are things that are even deeper than you. If you are dealing with maybe a difficult husband, a a difficult wife, a difficult child, a difficult situation, you realize that your strength is very limited. As a pastor, I've I've, I've concluded there are certain people talking to them can't change them. Except unless God changes them. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like you, for example. <laughs> that just by the way. Yeah, but the point is that there are people you can't, you can't do anything. That is how they are. Unless God changes them. So it shows you how limitless you are. Or how, how limited you are. But as you stand to pray, what your physical strength cannot do, what your wisdom cannot do, what you can do by anybody's help, there is a divine help that comes from above and intervenes in your situation for you. I see God intervening for you. I said, I see God intervening for you. I see God causing people to speak on your behalf in the name of Jesus Christ. I see God making people to defend you. I see God defending you at where you can't defend yourself. I see God helping you at a place you can't help yourself. I see God scattering things for you that you can't scatter. I'm telling you. Acts chapter number 12. From verse 1. I think through 15 also. To share with you how prayer can provoke supernatural interventions and all that. Acts chapter number 12. From verse 1 through 14. And I want everybody to look at this scripture. I'll be closing very soon. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. I mean, like attacking people in the church and all that. And Herod also, when you look at scripture, it can also represent the devil. But anything that stands against the church, that thing is a devil, it's a demon. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. He killed him. Ah, finish this one. One of the apostles. I'll finish him. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, and it's interestingly, when you are suffering, there are people who are very, very happy. They may smile with you, but they are very happy in their hearts that things are not going on with you. Then he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of Olive and Bread, the Jewish uh, festival. So when he had arrested him, he put, he put Peter in prison and delivered him to four squads. Now, why did he arrest him? Why did he arrest him? Or when he arrested John, what did he do to him? Verse 1. About that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church, some of the people in the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. So he killed James, who is a brother to John, and by the sword, he cut it, and normally they cut your head off. Verse 3. Then because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he also proceeded further to seize Peter also. So why did he arrest Peter? So he arrested Peter to do him what? Oh, to do him what? So don't forget that. 
So he arrested Peter, not for anything, but just to kill him. But because it was during the Jewish festival, they didn't want to kill at that time. They wanted to be over. Then they can kill him. And he put him in, for, I mean, uh, delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. That's it. Peter was therefore kept where? But what was happening? But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the what? By the church. Whoa. So two things. This one is about to kill. This one is also about to pray. But the point is that the one who is about to pray doesn't have the power to go and take this one from this man's hand. The only weapon that he has is to pray. Because sometimes you realize that your strength is very limited. There's less you can do. But there is something that your strength cannot do that can do for you. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two, I don't know whether he was praying himself because he had already given up. Hmm. Bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. So even in the night, they were still keeping them because they want to make sure they have killed Peter. But don't forget, whilst he was in prison, what was happening? People were praying. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison. He doesn't know any darkness. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. Said, hey, arise quickly. And his chains fell off. You don't need anybody to bring padlock to open the chain. When God speaks, every chain on you must fall off. Whoa. Break, 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 break. Every day you are breaking is not breaking. Let's God speak for once for you. Every chain that has been chaining you for years, it's gone forever and forever and forever. I see you from there. That breaking is stopping from today in the name of Jesus. When you break once, you move on to another one. Hey, are you have gone home? You will not break one thing for hundred years. You will not break one thing for ten. I mean, one thing for ten years. When will you finish and go to another one to break another one too? Then he stood by him, guide yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out, followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision. Hey, what God is about to do in your life, when God turned the captivity of Zion, so I want to this verse, we're like those that dream. May God bring you a miracle that would look like a dream. Oh, are you here? You have gone home. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel and was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. When God is moving on your behalf, the doors open on their own <laughs> without touching it, without moving it. God has a way of bypassing men to help you. So if anybody thinks that without them you cannot go anywhere, God has a way of lifting you from where you are to where without... Help me tell the person, no man is your God. If one door closes, if somebody refuses to help, God will touch another person. And even all of them refuses. God has his own way of lifting you up. Glory to God. I'm telling you. 
It is true God uses men to help men. But sometimes God can also bypass men to help you. I'm telling you. Open the iron gate that leads to the city which opened to them of its own what? Accord. Who closed the door? Wasn't a human being. If a human being closed, you don't need a human being to open it. And they went out and went down, I mean, went down one street and immediately the angel disappeared from him. Please roll, 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 roll. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jew. <laughs> May God deliver you from the expectations of your enemies in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, please, let me tell you for a fact. If you think everybody is happy for you, you are deceiving yourself. And people have wild expectations about you. I'm telling you. I don't want to use my life as practical examples here. People have wild, wild expectations. And the Lord (laughs) has delivered me from all the expectations of the Jewish people. May God disappoint your enemies. May God disappoint their expectations. But your expectations shall be fulfilled. In the name of Jesus. Ro, please fast. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered and together were. So you can see prayer from the first prayer to where he was released. Glory to God. What a great blessing. As you stand to pray, as you stand to pray, what your strength cannot do, what your strength cannot fight, I see God bringing you supernatural interventions. I see God bringing you angelic interventions in the name of Jesus. I see angels helping you as you stand to pray. We are not giving up on prayer. We are still praying. And we see the hand of God working in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Number what? Number, number four. Okay, prayer brings you revelations. Daniel 2, 17 through 22 talks about how the, the, the dream of Pharaoh was revealed to Daniel and his team. Proverbs 25, okay, very good. We are not reading because of time. my time is up. Proverbs 25, 2. Go to Proverbs 25, verse 2. Then Ephesians 1, 8 to 10. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. There are deep things. There are secrets in this world. There are secret things about your life. There are things that are hidden that you must know. People of God, let me tell you. Everybody look at me. What you don't know is more than what you know. What your eyes are not open to are more than what your eyes have seen. Ephesians 1, 8 to 10. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9. Having made known to us the mystery of his word according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So there are things that are hidden. There are secret things. But you see, let me tell you this. There are things you need to know to make your life to do well. There are things, if you don't know them, you can't do well in life. You can't go beyond certain level of your life. But the Lord said through the prophet Jeremiah 33 verse 3, listen to what he said. Call to me and I will answer you. Show you great and mighty things which you do. So God wants to show you things. Please help me tell the person, God wants to show you things. Help me tell the person, God wants to show you things. Things about your life, about your workers, about your husband, about your wife, about your children, about your future, about your home, 
about where you live. God wants to show you things. God, things that are, there are things that are hidden that your eyes might see them. People are destroying you, but they're around you. You don't even know. But unless your eyes are open to them. Some years ago, the Lord showed me something. And said to me, this, so, so, and so, one or two people will leave you. When he spoke to me, it took two years. After, after this, when the Lord spoke, said this to me, two years later, we were in Nigeria. We were in a room. And one prophet we went with, and a prophet came. He said, the Lord has to come and tell you something. Right? I said, what is it? He said, oh, I don't want to mention anybody. He said, this person, the Lord has to tell you, this person, this person will leave you. And I laughed. And I said, I know it already. When they left, it never had any effect on me. I'm talking about pastors. One day I, I was there. I saw myself with a politan bag. One here, one here. And I was standing in front of my old house in Kumasi. Do you understand that? You don't. I'm holding some. I'm holding Politan back. Hey, you have taken me back to where I came from, and with the Politan back, may you never return to where you came from, empty-handed. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say revelation. May God open your eyes to see. You don't know what is ahead of you. The danger that is ahead of you. May God open your eyes to see them. The man that is coming on you, we don't know who that person is. You don't know the woman who is in your life coming on you. We don't know what he's about to do in your life. If you don't take it, by the time you realize your life is gone, I'm telling you, your eyes must be open. God must give you a revelation about who you are and where you are and the things concerning your life. Let me say, God can even show you who you will marry. We follow our passion, we follow our desires, we follow everything. This is the man. This is the woman. You are missing it. May God help us. I see God opening your eyes. As you stand to pray, I see your eyes being opened. May God grant you revelations. May God speak to you. May you hear God. May you see visions. Hey, are you here or you have gone home? Yeah. May you see them. May you see them. The Lord says to tell somebody here, if only you seek me in prayer, try and error is far away from you from today. No more try and error. I see God opening your eyes to things. No more disappointment. No more failure. No, no more, back, I mean, backward. I mean, going. You are not going. You are no more slacking. I see God opening your eyes on the right steps to take and the right things to do. May God open our spiritual eyes to see what you must see. In conclusion, the last one, I don't want to repeat this, God willing, next week. Prayer helps you to overcome your weaknesses. And I want everybody to listen to me in the next two minutes. I'm done. Prayer helps you to overcome your weaknesses. You have a weakness. It doesn't matter who you are. It's a weakness that can knock your legs out from under you. Just when you think you are standing very strong. Every man has a weakness. Every human being has a weakness. And this weakness can cause you to act like a sinner. On the outside. When on the inside you are a saint. 
This weakness in you, this, this weakness can make you to act like a sinner even though you are a righteous person. And that weakness is your flesh. This body. In Matthew 26, I think the verse 41, Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, the verse 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is what? But the flesh. So anybody with a flesh has a weakness, and your weakness is your flesh. If you don't take care, what this your flesh will do will shock you yourself. Last Friday, I went to the Ashaman site. When I was coming, they needed something to, so I passed through the scraps yard. I was having some, some certain things in the car. So the car was very heavy. And the road is not too good. So it's like, two people are supposed to use the road, but I'm talking about the flesh. But I was using the other, dri- the other driver who was coming this way. I was using his way because where I was supposed to pass was not too good. So I was meeting him like this. And I gave him light to hold on for me to pass. And when I was still coming, he was still coming meeting me. So he met me in the midst of it. And he was asking me, why, 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 why? I wrote all my glass. Then he started using her. Why didn't he my Your mind is not working. And immediately, I also said, your mind is not working. So I entered a rough road, wrote a glass. I said, you, you are useless. I mean, he was insulting. I was so insulting. You are useless, man. You are this. I said, you are this. Look at him. You see, your head like coconut. I was insulting him. Some people think that when you are sitting in air-conditioning cars, you can't insult. You roll it down to insult. I'm telling you. I, wrote, I was so angry. The moment he, he, he insulted, I also insulted. The moment I moved the car, I said, Lord. <laughs> Imagine I preached somewhere this person has seen me before. And I wish I could turn the car back and meet the man and apologize. I said, please, I am sorry. This flesh, it will make you to do something if you don't take care you regret. There is a weakness of the flesh, which Jesus talked about. There's another weakness, a weakness of the mind. Go with me to Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 1 to 3. Please hurry up. The weakness of the mind. Please, I'm done. Now, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the altar and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, my last verse. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your mind. No, give, give me another version. In your souls, you become weary and discouraged. There is a point that when you are serving God, if you don't take care, you become weak. I'm telling you. Because sometimes you are expecting certain things, you are not seeing them. It's like you are so tired of certain things, you, you, you are too weak, you want to give up. Give me the original King James. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary. You understand? The word read means that you are tired and faint in your way, in your minds. You try to give up. I'm so tired. I'm so weak. I can't move on. Is God really there? Is God alive? Why am I going through the weakness of the mind? But anybody who is giving up on God here today, I brought you a solution. I brought you an answer. Isaiah 40. 29 through 31. He gives power to the faint. 
And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31, all of us read together. One to go. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and they shall never faint. Hallelujah. Receive strength. Strength in your soul. Strength in your body. Strength in your spirit. As you stand to pray, your spirit becomes so empowered that now your spirit overcomes your body. So now the scripture in Matthew 26, 41 is changed. When your strength becomes, you become stronger, that scripture is changed. Go back to that scripture for me. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Now when you stand to pray and God empowers your spirit, it subjects your flesh. So now your spirit take control over your flesh. So this scripture is overturned like this. Now, the spirit is willing and the flesh is also willing. Simple. So the flesh is no more weak, but the flesh is subject to the what? To the spirit. Ah. Say after me, the spirit is willing and the flesh is also willing. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. Can you please turn to your feet? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. Honor you for your grace. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Let every grace that we need to walk on this path of prayer be released upon us in the name of Jesus. And grace us to know that our prayerlessness doesn't help us in any way. It rather gives the devil the opportunity to enter into our lives. But our ability to stand to pray drives away demons away from us and grants us supernatural revelations and establishes us anew. Let this revelation of understanding fall upon us in the name of Jesus. Anybody here weak, anybody here weary, anybody here with heavy heart, anybody here with a spirit of slumber be rebuked in the name of Jesus. We pray for the spirit of grace and supplication fall upon us right now. Thank you for the touch. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the empowerment. Thank you that the time is coming and we shall say the spirit is willing. The flesh is also willing. Thank you for that grace. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. And amen. God bless you.